with all not your truth or kindness, Lord. With all not your truth or kindness, Lord. Welcome to The Notice, where together we notice the mercy of God. I'm Susan Hookstra, your host. Have you come to realize that you could be in need of emotional spiritual healing on some level? If that's you or you know somebody who's hurting, you'll want to join me as I continue my conversation with Julie Eichenroth, Executive Director of Freedom Fire Ministries in, in the Traverse City area. We talk about the ways God helps others find healing through freedom, dignity, and joy as they discover how they are loved and noticed by God. Julie, well, welcome back to part Thank two. You. So I'm nice to so be back. excited that you're here and I'm excited to continue our conversation. I know the last episode we talked a lot about the depression that God had sent you through, or I should say, let me read you through. Led you through. Led me out of. Um, led you out of the different ways that you learned some skills through counseling mm-hmm. and also the impact of this book called How to Stop the Pain, mm-hmm. and which you had shared with me when we when one of the first times we met, and I was mm-hmm. so excited about that. So I want to continue a little bit of our conversation about that book, because that book, I will just share with you what it meant to me. Uh, that book taught me that we create more drama in our life when we judge. And what is judging? It taught me that we judge a lot more than we think we do. There are sometimes we can make observations. We can observe something happening. I can observe, like, let's say you're nodding your head, which she actually is right now. <laughs> but let's say she's nodding your head. You know, I can observe that you're nodding your head. But the minute I say why you're nodding your head is when I get into dangerous territory. So those were some of the things that really impacted me. But I know that you've been teaching this book and you've been sharing this book. So tell me a little bit more about what impact that book has not only had on your life, but in the lives of others. Well, it absolutely transformed my life. It took me from my, uh, in my 30s when I had been suicidally depressed and then found my counselor, Carol, who I said earlier taught me how to think like a grown-up. And then I took the, what I call this heart skills, the skills of the heart. That's what I call my coaching business is heart skills. But it took me, uh, you know, 10 years of practicing those skills of the heart. And then I got a hold of this book, which was an absolute bombshell book and um, I think what uh, and that took me to a whole nother level of freedom I mean literally during this season when I was learning what judgments look like and learning about judgments and how they function in our lives to bring us into incredible pain pain that becomes an abiding torment rather than just like the pain of our experiences and losses and traumas but but literally what a judgment is, is the meaning we attach to something. And really it is our attempt as human beings, which is a very normal thing, to answer the why question. But it's the why of suffering. It's the big why, mm-hmm. right? And so I think it's really helpful when we're trying to understand a concept or a principle or a truth, is to actually define it. And so in the book and in my own Bible study, the word judge in the scriptures, um, one of the meanings of it, one of the most important meanings is to try, condemn, and punish. So if you think about judging as being like being in a courtroom, 
Mm -hmm. Right? And so um, if I'm sitting here across the table from you and I'm judging you and I'm going, well, I really don't like people with gray sweaters and, and hoop earrings and, and what that means to me, um, now I've sort of put you on trial in my mm -hmm. head, right? Um, it becomes a narrative or a story that I'm responding to instead of the person in front of me. Okay? So I've put you on trial. Now um, I, I, I... And I don't like it, by the way. That's right. Nobody <laughs> ever likes to be judged. Yeah. It feels like a kick yeah. in the gut, you know? It's, it's an awful feeling to mm -hmm. feel judged, but it's awful to be a judge. And, and so now I become sort of the, the judge, jury, and executioner of a person in my mind. Um, and, and sometimes it's not a person we're judging. Sometimes it's God. Sometimes it's just life in general. Or if it's that, um, you know, that, that friend of the family that molested me when I was five years old, and I wasn't molested, but if you were just using an example, now, you know, a judgment could take a million different forms, but a judgment could look like somebody like, well, that man abused me. Now I don't trust any man, all men. Are suspect. Mm -hmm. All men are, you know, all men that look like him, smell like him, talk like him, or just are men. Now I, uh, I'm on high alert, right? And mm -hmm. so I've made a judgment. Now the judgment might be to try to keep you safe, but in our basically in our in our lives, we have the freedom to choose our own perceptions. Right. right? God, that's part of the freedom as mm -hmm. have the human beings that are relational with free will is we are free to choose our own perceptions. But oftentimes our perceptions are just our perceptions mm -hmm. and they not, are not necessarily grounded in truth or wisdom. They're kind of out of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, what I determine is good and evil. And that is really a hook for us. It feels very godlike. Mm -hmm. to judge another person and really what judgment looks like is assuming you know the why of why anybody does mm -hmm. anything that's right is, we don't know the thoughts and intents right. so we are. don't know the thoughts and intents so what is the difference how do we know how to evaluate people without judging them jesus said you shall know them by their fruit so we know people by what they say and do more specifically by what they do and what they do over time like a track record. He, mm -hmm. uh, Richards in the book calls it a track record or a pattern. You know, if you, if when I loan you money, you know, um, the five times that I've loaned you money, you never paid me back, chances are probably the next time I loan you money, you probably won't pay me back. Now, I can't, I can't 100% assume that, but now we're going by a track record, not just by what you did one time, right? And but aren't you also putting a value, I mean, is, are you talking about a value associated with that? Like, that's wrong that they don't pay me back? Well, sure, there's a value involved. Mm -hmm. um, but basically, just to, to define what judgment is, is if I judge you, I put you on trial, I find you guilty, and now how I punish you. So how do we punish people in relationships? All kinds of ways. Okay, how? Um, well, we withdraw. We withdraw from being in contact mm -hmm. with them. Um, when we can do that by screaming, yelling, all kinds of ways. So really what you're describing is um, most punishment in the try, condemn, and punish cycle of judgment, if I'm creating a judgment about somebody, is I either go on the attack and I aggressively yell at you, or I criticize you, or I even might physically attack you. But much more often, 
we abandon the relationship. Mm -hmm. We withdraw. And in some of the kinds of withdrawal is, you know, I might just stop talking to you, never see you again. But we can also be in a relationship and withdraw our hearts. Mm -hmm. And the Bible calls that cold love. Mm. Um, Jesus said in Matthew 24, when he's talking about the, the end of times, the end of days, um, that the love of many will grow cold and um, many will betray. Well, usually when our heart grows cold, it's because we have judged someone, we've never worked through an issue with anyone or with a person. And so we might still smile mm -hmm. and lie and act like we love, but in our hearts we've abandoned the relationship. And that is more often what happens. And that's my big concern. And why I do what I do is I teach on judgments, I teach on the heart skills, because I consider my overall call, now what we talk about later at the farm, I, I minister a lot to women, but I'm also reaching out to couples and families, or they're reaching out to me, but my overall call is to build mature love in the body of Christ. Because if we don't learn to even just resolve a simple conflict, if we function out of judgments all the time, and judgments just have incredible power and incredible impact. They can actually distort persons, people's personalities. They can create, I would say that probably the vast majority of marriages fail for judgments, not because of finances, not because of sexual dysfunction, not because of whatever. The, the root cause is our judgments. And, and don't you think, I mean, where does benefit of the doubt play into that? Because, you know, you know, giving somebody else the benefit mm -hmm. of the doubt. Because mm -hmm. if you're giving somebody else the benefit of the doubt, you're ac actually, I guess, making a judgment or something. that a judgment, yeah, a good judgment. Yeah, you're saying, saying that I expect them to pay, you know, not expect, but they're going to pay me back. Well, because that be was your... Your, that's how you would do things. Right, but and that's we... making a judgment. So in the book, Richards actually talks about that. He says, it's just as wrong to make a judgment that a person's heart is good as it is to make a judgment that the person's intent was evil or mm -hmm. malicious or whatever. Now, of course, First Corinthians 13 talks about we should believe the best and we should right. believe all things and hope all things. That's part of love. However, um, Isn't I, that in I, reference strictly to the body of Christ, though? That was my understanding that was more to the, that was directed towards the body of Christ and like not be surprised that people outside the body of Christ might not love right. in that way. But still we have to have the, we still have to have the mechanism or the function in the relationship of, of refraining from judgment. So here, here's what happened to me when I learned to stop making judgments, just as an example you'd have a conversation with a friend and you'd be talking about another friend, okay? And the friend, and, and you'd find yourself saying something like, well, she did this because, okay? Do I know she did it because? Mm -hmm. Sometimes people even tell you they did it because, and it becomes their excuse, or it, it doesn't, really the why doesn't matter. I always tell people why is the least important question. Because if I know why you did something, does that mean what you did was okay. Impact was okay that it didn't shouldn't have any negative impact on me. It, it excuses the person from taking responsibility. Mm -hmm. And so what I learned to do was interrupt myself. This was just my first initial foray into the process of sort of disarming judgments and the power of judgments in my life. 
and the pain that they were causing and the roller coaster that I talked about in the first right. uh, conversation, um, the whiplash or roller coaster effect of, of chugging up the hill of hope and then crashing. It was the judgments that were creating that polarization of my thinking and the, the all or nothing thinking that is so characteristic of, of depression. So I would just, I learned to interrupt myself and say, I really don't know why she did what she did. Or I don't really know what she was thinking when she said that. Because what is the what is the legitimate relational thing that we can do is we can ask them. Right. Um, what did you mean when you said this? We can ask for clarification. We can ask for an explanation. Now, sure, sometimes the Gee, explanation can become... that sounds like giving somebody benefit of the doubt, yeah, doesn't no, it? it does. But, but then what we do is we can give them the benefit of the doubt. But but a better approach would be to simply have a conversation, and ask, and then what happens if they don't if they do the same negative thing the next time? Mm -hmm. Okay, now we're looking at a track record. We're looking at fruit, right? Mm -hmm. And fruit is 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 what people do consistently over time, because every seed bears after its own kind, right? Whatever you plant will eventually produce. A certain kind of fruit mm -hmm. and so I'm not called to judge anybody's heart or to climb into their heart and look around and, and assume I know what's going on frankly isn't this that, that exhausting well it's it's <laughs> none of my business actually yeah. because what yeah. really is my business is to respond to what they have done or what they have said and to manage myself in that process and to have the honest conversations. And if we're talking about conflict, the Word of God gives two very specific, what I call bookend scriptures, mm -hmm. about resolving conflicts. And frankly, to be blunt about it, Christians really suck at resolving conflict. They do. Because we think, we think nice, the word nice is in the Bible. And, it's and not. We, should avoid supposed to be nice. we should avoid conflict. Too. Yeah, and Jesus was one of the most provoking people ever on this planet. And... Many times he had people eating out of his hand, and then he'd say some horrible, offensive thing mm -hmm. <laughs> to them, and then they'd want to throw him off a cliff or something. Mm -hmm. So Jesus wasn't all about not offending people, but what he did was teach us how to deal with our offense. And so if I've sinned against someone, the Bible says if I bring my gift to the altar, I, and, I, and I know I've sinned against someone or offended them, I leave my gift at the altar and I go and make it right. And then the other, the other side of that coin is if someone, if your brother offends you, go and show them their fault. Now, does that mean you're a nitpicking, fault-finding person? No, it shows them, you're showing them the impact of their actions on you as an offense. And what you do is the goal then is to win the brother back or the sister back or the friend to a loving relationship and that you would grow together through that. Right, through that confrontation, but we hate the word confrontation and we hate the word conflict. But really the goal is love. The goal is to grow love. But if you if the person doesn't know that you offend they offended you, for one thing, or and we just go, you know, because we can pick our battles. We could go, well, you know what? I'm not gonna address that issue. Okay. Don't address the issue, but then you have to let it go. Right. You, you're not allowed to cycle in that or go off and spread your offense to other people. Listen, if the body of Christ would just obey those two scriptures mm -hmm. about resolving conflict, 98% of our conflict would be resolved. It might not be resolved on the first conversation, 
but it would be resolved over time and we would grow in love for one another and understanding for one another. But if all we ever do is, is we have the internal conversation in our head where we're arguing with the person and we're judging the person and we're assuming to know why they did what they did, but we never actually go and talk to them because we're so petrified, well, that itself just shows we have all kinds of judgments. We think that confrontation, we've judged confrontation as to being icky and awkward and awful, and, and sometimes it can and be. And the other thing is, is all that judgment takes up so much of your head space. Oh my gosh. And your it's energy, insane. and your time, mm-hmm. and it keeps you from effectively serving mm-hmm. God. I believe it does, because mm-hmm. then you're so warped up, and I wonder what they're thinking, and why did they do that? Do they, you know, and we just, we make ourselves nuts. Thus, how to stop how the pain. How to stop the pain. And why, yeah. I, why I literally judged my way into suicidal depression. Because I was not abused. I was not traumatized, as, as I know many other people have been. I literally, because I did not know how to think like a, ju- a grown-up, I judged my way into suicidal depression. As a faithful believer in Jesus who loved the Word mm-hmm. of God and fo- walked with God, mm-hmm. went to mm-hmm. church, did everything I knew, but I literally distorted my personality. And what happened, Susan, was when I, when I learned to stop making judgments, literally, if you interrupt your judgment process and go, I really don't know. Because, see, we have to become comfortable with the I don't know. We think we have to know everything. Mm-hmm. We have to know everybody's motive. We have to know everybody's business. We have to, and then we have to judge. We have to do something about it. When I learned to interrupt my judgment process and say, I really don't know, guess what happened? My emotions calm down because mm-hmm. judgments inflame your emotions. That's right. They keep you amped right. up all the time. It's powerful. And it, it calmed everything down, and literally pain started falling off my heart like chunks of concrete. That's what it literally felt this like. This is what you're, you're talking about healing here. Mm-hmm. You're talking exactly about healing. Right. And these levels of healing. Healing that through get, growth. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Yes, and sometimes growth can Growing be painful. Up. Yeah, it, yeah, it is. Speaking it, it truth is. in love, we grow up. That's right. The Bible says in, in Ephesians 4, we grow up into him who is the head, even Christ Jesus. But the key there is we grow up by speaking truth. And when this you book obviously is, obviously is was very instrumental, oh, and you use that in, your, in the different ministries that mm-hmm. you're involved in, mm-hmm. and especially like you talk about the heart skills. Mm-hmm. And then, so just to kind of regroup here, we had... Mm-hmm. You know, the depression, the, the help, all the different things that happen and the things mm-hmm. that you learned through divorce, et cetera, et cetera. And then this book was instrumental. And then you got you went to school mm-hmm. and got some more uh, grounding in, in family life education mm-hmm. and kind of looking at roots of your family mm-hmm. and, and uh, family dynamics and all those kinds of things. And then from that point, you started... You, you did you had to do an insur- internship for your yes. your your degree mm-hmm. and the, this was where you went to Peace Ranch. Mm-hmm. Tell me about that experience. Tell me how God changed you. How he he helped you see that there's so many ways that God heals. Oh, it's extraordinary, and, and I love how God tailors our our need for healing and and the process by which we are healed. I mean, many of the spiritual principles are exactly the same, but he tailors it and he deposits us where he's the shepherd of our soul. He's the one who guides us toward healing. I, I I could have wanted healing all day long and, you know, twice on Sunday, 
but I would not have known how to get myself there. So he gave me Carol, my counselor, and then, you know, he gave me how to stop the pain. And then gradually people started just sort of either noticing my improvement or my st stability and my emotional stability, or if they didn't know me before, they just started wanting to talk. And I wound up finding myself sort of mentoring people mm -hmm. by coffee. I call it mentoring yes, by coffee. Yeah, I, um, I can relate. Because I observed people, <laughs> I observed people that I respected, my pastor and another friend, you know, who just meet with people for coffee. And then I, I really felt like I needed to go to school. And at the same time, my friend Jackie, who is the executive director and founder of Peace Ranch in Traverse City, um, Peace stands for Professional Equine Assisted Counseling and Education. And she was one of my dear friends. And it wasn't Peace Ranch yet at the time. It was just the Cashel Farm. And she invited me, started inviting me out to ride her horse with her and I hadn't ridden since my 20s and I never considered myself a great rider or anything but I love horses were the magnet right mm -hmm. so I started riding with her and she had been learning about natural horsemanship and then in her journey of learning about and uh, being trained in natural horsemanship she started noticing the therapeutic effect that ch that horses have and um, she was teaching some basic natural horsemanship skills to some women at a horse rescue here in, in Traverse City area, Horse North Rescue. And she began to notice the therapeutic effect on the women that she was training, just using horse skills, you know, teaching them basic handling skills. And, and she didn't know that there was already a movement that was emerging because the, the previous forms of therapy with horses were all physical therapies. It was either hippotherapy, which is literally physical therapy on a horse, or therapeutic riding, which is taking people who are have, have physical disabilities or challenges and using the horse to improve their balance or to teach them how to care for a horse um, using adaptive equipment and things like that. Was this around the same time that that movie Horse Whisperer The Horse Whisperer. Yeah, or, I mean, that I mean, was... And that's more, most people's identity with right. what, what their, you know, how horses can be used therapeutically. Right, and, you know, because horses have a particular language and there's a lot of reasons why they're amazing therapeutic animals. But for me, God deposited me on this farm that wasn't Peace Ranch yet. It was just the Cashel farm, and I started riding, and then Jackie just started sharing with me what she was learning, and so I kind of shadowed her journey of both natural horsemanship and the therapeutic aspects of it. And I, I was deposited on this farm. I fell in love with farm work. Um, I was always this sort of conceptual person. I just loved having thoughts banging around in my head, but... I, I had, because of my depression, actually, in the worst years of my depression, being outside was emotionally painful to me because the outdoors was so beautiful and so life-giving. Mm -hmm. And I would feel overwhelming, and I would go back inside. Wow. Because I couldn't, I could, it was like eating too much dessert. Mm. It was too much. And so God got me back outside by inviting, having Jackie invite me to Peace Ranch and then starting to ride. And, and I was scared of horses, but I was fascinated by them, and I'd always loved them, but nobody had ever taught me how to ride. I'd, I'd ridden when I was younger, but they just sort of throw me on a horse. And mm -hmm. I, was, I, I always said I was aboard. <laughs> I wouldn't say I was riding. I was right, just sort right. of aboard, you know. But, um, and then, so I just began, I, there was this sort of whole person experience of being on the farm, um, where I could be terrified 
and excited and I was part of the Cashel family and we did farm days and we, we, we harvested wood off the hillside and we, you know, moved horses around and I didn't know anything. You know, I can imagine my poor friend Jackie was just like, I'm tugging on her sleeve, teach me more, tell me mm -hmm. more, let me do more. And that grew into 10 years mm -hmm. of serving there. I was the first college intern mm -hmm. there. Um, I was involved in everything. And it, it, it was like God deposited me on this farm and gave me a mindset and a skill set mm -hmm. there, working on the land, working with horses, learning horse, uh, horsemanship, horse behavior, learning the therapeutic aspects of it. And Sounds then it, like equipping to me. <laughs> it was, and, and that's what I mean is God will set you up. Mm -hmm. You know, you always hear people, set you up for success. God will set you up for healing. He will, he will have you encounter people or situations that will challenge your need for healing and then usher you into healing mm -hmm. if you just say yes. And I mean, I was saying yes six, seven days a week. There were many times throughout that 10 years that I was volunteering 20, 30 hours a week while I was going to school. And um, I was going to school because I, I suddenly realized as I was starting to help all these people and people in my church were saying, would you come and counsel this person or whatever, or have coffee with them or whatever. I thought, I need to get some education or I might right. get sued. You know? right, I, mean, right, I needed right, to right. have some kind of grounding and education. It was very helpful for me. But then my well, other you do parallel. have two letters after your name, and it's called HS for Holy Spirit. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah. Just, right saying, still, just saying. I, I, just I'm saying. I'm too, too elective shy of my yeah. bachelor's degree in family life education, um, and that was just another story. But but that was a simple matter to resolve. But but along there in the process, we came across an equine-assisted psychotherapy model called EGALA. And EGALA is the Equine Assisted Growth and Learning Association. And they are one of two, what I consider gold standard, equine assisted psychotherapy and experiential learning models that are just excellent and um, very, very powerful. And I was having my own experiences with horses as well. Um, I experienced horses as honest, as the, to me they felt like big like mirrors. They mirrored mm -hmm. me back mm -hmm. to myself. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And they taught That's me good. to manage That's myself. Good. They taught me leadership. They taught me awareness. Um, got me out of my head. Got me into literally being a whole body, I mean a whole person experience where your body, soul, and spirit is all involved working on the land and working with animals and working with people instead of just me sitting you know, with my thro giant throbbing brain, you know, and, you know, a stack of books and my Bible mm -hmm. and a computer in front of me, mm -hmm. I actually got outside and had to be hands-on, and that's where mm -hmm. I learned the power of experiential learning and therapy and, and working with horses. Did you work with other, watch other people? Mm -hmm. Well, their, I watched Jackie. And, the, and how the process worked with yes, them? For sure. Um, I watched Jackie, and Jackie actually practiced some of her skills with me, sometimes just practicing, you know, because we all we use rescue horses. And so um, it, was, it became a rehabilitation for the horse as well as the person. And so I was very hands-on and grooming and moving and handling horses. But then we would, she was learning the therapeutic aspect herself. And so she would practice on me. I'd say, mentor me in this, you know. Mm -hmm. And so I had a lot of powerful experiences that helped me as a person have insight. And it literally changed, like I said, it gave me a mindset and a skill set over that 10 years. 
And then, and then, um, then she got the idea for Peace Ranch, and then she began to start programs, and then the people began to come. Mm -hmm. I remember the first, the one year that God actually told me the people are going to be coming, and I want you to open your heart to them because it felt like home to me, mm -hmm. and He wanted me to expand my heart to welcome these people, but. Then we began to offer programs, and then when I did my internship for Spring Arbor there, um, we did a program. I came up with a, an idea for a program called Moms and Horses, and we partnered with a single uh, 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 organization that reached out to single moms, and I did a summer internship there, and it was very powerful. And we used the experiential learning aspects of horses to help these single moms grow in like communication and community, and there were like five C's um, that we went through, and it and it was an amazing, amazing experience. Well, you know what this reminds me of? It reminds me of that our God is a holistic God. He wants us Absolutely. to be healed, and when He heals, He doesn't just heal one part. You know, He can. You know, we always think of healing in terms of our our physical healing, and of course, that's that's part of it but there's this emotional healing that we're talking about we're talking about spiritual healing mental relational mental relational i mean there's so many levels to healing and there might if you're listening out there you might there there might be an aspect of your life that you think hey, you know i need some healing in that area mm -hmm. and god has god is going to uniquely draw you if you're open he'll draw you to the people that you need mm -hmm. Obviously, he drew you, Julie. He drew you to situations. In my own story, I can I can tell you about the different people he brought into my life and situations he brought into my life that provide healing, and frankly, still does. Because mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. you know, I, I mean, yeah, it's an mm -hmm. ongoing process. Mm -hmm. But you know, what would you say to somebody out there who 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 thinks, well, you know, maybe they love the outdoors? Like, like I'll be honest with you, I went and sat by the bay. I was here in Traverse City today. I went and sat by the bay for a little while. Guess what? That's very healing for me. Now you say, oh, well, it's just pretty. That's why. Well, yeah, it's God's creation. But, you know, an animal or working a farm like you're doing now, tell us a little bit how this all migrated into having Freedom Farm. And well, um... I mean, I was becoming very aware of the holistic aspect of, of healing through experiential learning, experiential type therapies, using horses, using land. Um, along about the time, maybe eight or nine years ago, uh, when I was still working at Peace Ranch a lot, I ran across um, a video, a documentary called Back to Eden, and um, it it was shown at the Sundance Film Festival as award-winning documentary and it was about uh, documenting a man named Paul Gauci out in Washington State who uses um, a deep mulch no-till method of permaculture gardening using like wood chip cover and stuff like that and I was so blown away by that video because I'd always loved gardening when I was young but I didn't you know, I did it a little bit, but I didn't do it nature's way. I did it just the way everybody did it. You know, you till, you do all of this stuff. Um, and so that was another aspect that came in at the same time the horses were developing. Uh, I was developing skills with the horses and, and seeing the therapeutic impact on myself, but also on other people as we were starting programs at Peace Ranch. Um, but then I, I was so excited about this sort of permaculture because you talked about before us being more than just a body or you know we are tripartite a big right, that's a big right. word but it's a, like 
we are three-part human beings for a reason. God put us in a physical world. We need a body to communicate with that physical world. We have a mind and a brain, and then we have this heart and the spirit. And, and so many people have struggled with, we want to compartmentalize those things, or we want to pull out one thing and not the other, or we want to, we want to put the body down and elevate the spirit and all of that. But God, God created us this way for a reason, because it allows us to have the fullest expression of love. Mm-hmm. It's all about love, right? That's right. And so if we just pull out the spirit, if we just pull out the mind, or if we just pull out the body, it becomes unbalanced. And so returning to nature, even um, people who don't have ascribed to a Christian faith or any particular faith or who have other spirituality are learning, especially in the trauma field, are learning the efficacy or the impact and the powerful healing qualities of holistic type therapies that use nature, outdoors, um, animals of all kinds. Horses happen to be very uniquely suited for therapy for a lot of very good reasons, but you know, dogs, cats, people sailing. I mean, I've seen, a, we have a sailing program here in, mm-hmm. in our area that's a very good experiential learning program that can be quite healing. But, you know, we're not just we're not just a brain, and we're not just a heart, and we're not just a body. We're all of those things. And it, so, when we talk about healing being a holistic experience, I think of it sort of like God from God's perspective as He's sort of hurting cats, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. because He's trying to bring our heart along. He's trying to bring our mind and our will and our emotions along. He's trying to bring our body along. Even when I used to be the head of the prayer team before at our church years ago, and I I am now again, but. Back then I learned that even physical healing has a much more wide-ranging impact than just the physical body. That's right. Because it affects your finances, it affects your work life, it affects your sex life if you're married, or not if you're not married, but it affects your relationships. It affects everything. Physical physical pain and, and disability and, and chronic or chronic illness eats away at the edges of your soul. Um, so it's it's never just one thing. And, you know, I hear what you're saying about that, but it's it, what's also great about God is he says, I'm, I'm going to figure out what's going to reach you. Yes. And God might reach you through a horse. He might reach you. You might be sitting out on a swing because you were talking a little bit about the with me earlier, not necessarily in the podcast, but the mm-hmm. but the, the, rhythmic the, the rhythmical aspect, aspect of swings. the levels and, of the brain that have been traumatized. Right, right. Mm-hmm. and that, that there's all these healing properties and provisions, I should say, that God has given us. And I just want to encourage anybody out there who's listening that it's okay to, to look for different ways to be healed. Mm-hmm. You know, cause, and be open to that. God will lead you because he wants you to be healed. Mm-hmm. He does not want you not to be healed. Yes. That's why he's a savior. I say this a lot, and I know this is not new news, folks, but he's our savior. He wants us to be healed. He wants us to live an abundant life. He wants us to live victorious. He doesn't want us to live depressed. He doesn't want us to live powerless or that we don't have a voice. Well, if you even look at the word salvation, the, the word salvation is not just your ticket to heaven. The actual word in the, in the original language is a holistic salvation. It's body, soul, and spirit. 
It's relationships. It's everything coming to peace. All things being resolved to peace. All things being resolved to wholeness and wholesomeness. So I always tell people, it's my one of my favorite things to say, but it's God is a genius. He's always the smartest guy in the room. Mm -hmm. he, he, and he is creative, endlessly creative. He seizes the moment. He knows how to bring those intersections to you between you and another person or persons who can impact your life. And if there's nobody around, he'll figure out another way to do it. But even just going out into the, into the outdoors. You know, in Japan, they do what they call forest bathing. Where people, you know, people go into the forest and they just, there are qualities of the exchange of air, you know, the carbon dioxide and oxygen that trees do. The soil itself, they're finding the healing qualities of soil when people actually touch soil, even get a little dirt on their hands and they get that in good intestinal flora. I mean, there are just multitudes of ways that healing comes through these natural environments, even in the, the healing of, of trauma, which is a huge issue now trauma-informed and trauma-focused therapies are all about if I'm going to talk to a traumatized person in my office I'm not going to sit and have her or him stare at me and tell me their story of trauma because they could do that but it's much less effective than if I take a woman out to the garden and we, we um, plant plants or we put wood chips down for our, our mulch cover or we pull the few weeds that come up through the mulch mm -hmm. or something and her story leaks out sideways while we're working side by side. Right. Right. Um, or, or she's walking along with a horse or riding a horse and she, that horse is providing the rhythmic regulation for her that her traumatized brain can't provide for itself. To begin to create those cross-brain connections that begin to heal the traumatized person's brain. I mean, those kinds of things just blow That's, my mind. That, it's beautiful. It's, it's, it's incredible. It's, it's beautiful. And when he's doing something, you can always tell because everyone and everything is affected in a positive way. Mm -hmm. in, a, in a way that is so deep, mm -hmm. that is so like no one else could figure this out but God. Because he's a genius. Yeah, he's absolutely a genius. <laughs> and he's a loving genius. Yes. And he's... so he will move heaven and earth. I, I've always said, I believe that God answers the faintest cry of the heart to be free. And that he will move heaven and earth to get you there. That's powerful. That's powerful. That's what he did for me. That's what he did That's for how you. He That's what he's me. done for me. He That's how he me. noticed you. Mm -hmm. Yes. And this is the this is the heart of the notice really is that God wants to heal you. He wants to heal you. He wants to provide for you. He wants to give He's you a good joys. Father. He's a good good father. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I'm so grateful and so thankful that you spent this time with me. Thank you so um, much for and, having me. And sharing about how God has healed you, how he's He's helped, this journey has helped you to reach out and provide opportunities for healing through your the Freedom Farm Ministry, through the counseling and coaching that you do, through the teachings that you do. I'm so grateful and I'm so excited to see what God is. So I would like to plan a year from now yeah. that you and I, we will get together and we're going to do this again. You got it. I would and love we're going to see what God has done in this year. Because I think it's 
impactful. We need to see those stories. We need to hear the stories of healing. So I'm looking forward to that time, too. Thank you. Yes. I would love that, Susan. So thank you so much for being here, thank Julie. Thank you for, for having me. If you're somebody who is wondering about this book, How to Stop the Pain, I will have a connection on how to get that book on my website. You can go to susankhookstra.com and get some information on that. I'll also have a link to Freedom Farm Ministries and if you want to connect with with Julie and see what God's going to do, please get in touch with her. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm pretty excited about the upcoming holiday season. But I also know it's the busiest time of the year. We have so much to do. So join me next time on The Notice. We're going to take a little break from some of these more serious topics and talk about how God notices us in one of our favorite holiday activities, shopping. Join me as we hear stories about how, yes, the God of the universe cares about helping us find just what we need. Also, be sure to become a member of our Facebook page and share your ideas and input about our episodes. You could also email me directly at susan at susankhookstrum.com. I'd love to get your feedback on topic ideas and guests and welcome you to write a review on iTunes. As always, it's great to have your support. In the meantime, take notice. Oh